You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Back to the microphone. Oh, look. Okay. Do you want to go first or second today? I actually feel like I do better going first. Okay. I have no fear. I'm just going to move this a little bit closer. And I always prefer to go second because I was born second. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you're used to. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Rue. Ask me. Okay, Lisa. Where did you draw the line for this week's topic? So the inspiration for this week comes twofold. Number one. I allowed my parents to listen to the podcast today. I don't have any verdicts back yet. I sent a link and then I'm pretty sure somebody opened it and then didn't (laughs) reply to me. (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. Um, So yeah, that, and that was, that was a really big deal that I did that. Um, And it's a big deal for a couple of different reasons. So I love my parents. Like, I I literally am obsessed with them. Um, Like, I was very close to them growing up. And obviously, as somebody very close to their parents, I have a primal need to please them. Like, I just Mm -hmm. want to make them happy. And, like, that's how I've been my whole life. I took a lot of pride in being, like, the easy kid growing up. Like, the chill, chill kid. The pleasure to have in class. Yes, that was me. That was me (laughs) all the time. Um... And as a result, like, growing up, I will I will brag, my mom called me perfect once, and it just, like, resonated so deeply in me that I now have an intense fear of not being perfect or, or kind of, like, getting exposed as not being perfect is a big yeah. thing. I, can you tell I had therapy yesterday? I'm, like, <laughs> really, like, talking about all these big feelings. But I just basically, because of that or because of how I grew up, I'm really scared of kind of like making mistakes I never feel safe to make a mistake and I feel like for anybody who creates any sort of art there's a constant like you're worried about the criticism from people you're definitely worried about the important people in your life feeling like you're wasting your time by just creating something uh and I feel like in terms of this podcast I've been almost like protecting it from them even though I know they're gonna love and support me no matter what I do but it's like I don't want to be outed as not being a perfect person so I'm really like struggling with drawing the line around what is an appropriate boundary with my parents right now Mm -hmm. and I feel like everybody in their 20s and 30s goes through that at one point especially like basically it starts whenever you leave the house in my opinion and that's how my kind of journey with boundaries started too I think the journey with boundaries starts once you are allowed to like not necessarily move out of the house but once you're allowed to leave the house on your own without your parents so Mm. like where we live you can get your learners at 14 you can drive independent by 16 so yeah there's a lot of freedom but then there is also a lot of rules um associated with that were your parents really strict growing up it's hard to say looking back. I also love my parents. Oh, there. yeah. They, I feel like we I, don't need to they, say that. They, like, yeah, <laughs> they, all need those, they all need those shout-outs. I think it's one of those um, scenarios where looking back, it's hard to tell if, yeah, like I definitely suffer from some of those same perfectionist tendencies. But now that I'm older, I feel like there's a good chance that I put them on myself as much as 
they have put them. It's like 100% linked back to a limiting belief. In, mm-hmm. in my case, like I know it goes back to the like, well, I need to be perfect. I can't make mistakes. And because of that, I feel like I'm making a mistake anytime I like challenge them in any way. And like my parents were quite strict when I was growing mm-hmm. up. I definitely up until I was 18, like I answered to them and like that was the end of it. And like I, I really fluctuate between really wanting to please them and really wanting to just say like F this, I'll figure it out on my own. And I think part of like learning how to draw a boundary with your parents is releasing the idea that their opinion matters any any more than anybody else's like Mm -hmm. yes they raised you and they love you and if you love them like yeah you're gonna put some weight on it but at the end of the day if you aren't making decisions that honor who you are and that make you happy like that's the thing you should be focusing on and screw everything else right yeah so like like I said, I fluctuated between really, really caring what they thought and then really just not wanting to listen. And a great example of this is when I moved into my first apartment. I was so protective over that space because I didn't want any any judgment over, you know, how I was cleaning things, how I was decorating, even though it, it wasn't really judgment. It was just they just wanted to see what was going on. But I moved out when I was 24 years old, one month. No. 25. I don't know the pandemic. I don't even know how old I am right now. Anyways, yeah. I moved out <laughs> at at a point in time and my parents had been very involved with the like picking out the apartment. Like they wanted somewhere that was still kind of close to them and I still was like, "Okay, yeah, sure. Like that sounds good." And we happened to live like in a couple nice areas, so it was like I had the parent approved apartment in the parent approved neighborhood and like it was just perfect. And the second <laughs> I unpacked the first box. It was like, you will never set foot in here. (laughs) Like, you cannot (laughs) see my space. This is just for me. And, like, for months, my mom was like, can I come visit? Like, you're being weird. And I was like, no, like, it's still so messy. And there, there were legitimate reasons. Like, there was construction going on or, like... But I was getting so upset at my, like, parents, but especially my mom for, like, infringing on my space and not recognizing that I was setting I was setting a boundary down. Like, she kept pushing against it. But now that I look back on it, it's like she just wanted to, like, see what was going on. She wasn't going to walk into my apartment and be like, yeah, you didn't dust here and your toilet's dirty and why, is, why are these towels unfolded? Like, that's not a thing that was going to happen. But I was so afraid of, like, not being perfect that I projected all these standards and things onto myself that looking back I'm like just just let your mom into your apartment weirdo like why are you being so weird I don't know do you relate to that at all yeah I the first time I moved out the first two times I moved out was with roommates so it's a little different because it's not just you in the space like Mm -hmm. there's another person and their boundaries that you have to navigate so Mm -hmm. there's that not necessarily like permission just but just like respect that they don't want <laughs> your mom surprising them. Yeah. And the first one was, like, all the way across on the other side of the city. So mm-hmm. advance notice was always going to happen. Yeah. The next place that I lived in was nine blocks from my parents' <gasps> house. It was a basement suite. Like, it was a great spot. Um, I really liked being there because I could show up at my parents' house for dinner whenever <laughs> I nice. didn't feel like cooking. Yeah. So it was handy. I did have to have a chat with my mom because they had helped me move. We actually moved my mattress on the roof of the family minivan mm-hmm. because we weren't leaving the neighborhood. Oh my, like and it wasn't my, even strapped down or anything. Yeah. I no, we we did have we didn't have tie-down straps, but we did have 
uh, ropes. So it was one of those Honda Odysseys with, like, power sliding doors. Yeah. So we drove with the sliding doors open on both sides so mm-hmm. that we could wrap the rope around. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of the minivan. So oh, my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll include it with the episode post. But Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, my, I think it was, it was either the same day or the next mm-hmm. day, so I was, like, busy unpacking, and my mom actually, like, walked herself over and knocked <laughs> on my window Hello? to just come say hi because it was part of her, like, actual walking route yeah but I got so startled and jumped yeah and I was like she took it very well also Mm -hmm. I was like what if my roommate and I were like could swap clothes yeah so I was like what if it hadn't been me whose head you saw through the window also we were in a basement suite so there were Mm -hmm. upstairs neighbors and our upstairs neighbor was my landlord so Mm -hmm. I was like he will recognize you but you don't want to like wander up the front path to knock on my window especially because we used the back door yeah yeah but the conversation went well and then it was it was easy after that so yeah I find I I still am practicing at finding ways to have these conversations about boundaries with my parents because like by by and large I do want to make it very mm-hmm. clear they're they're mostly really good at it and mm-hmm. a lot of the issue is I'm projecting stuff onto them because I feel like I'm never going to be this perfect person that they they want me to be but they they don't really care they just want to make me happy mm-hmm. but every, every once in a while and I notice it more when John sets down boundaries with his mother that mm-hmm. I'm like oh that was a really good way of like handling that so for example Uh, when John and I first moved in together especially we were moving into our first house and Mm -hmm. the way you set up a house is way different than how you set up an apartment Mm -hmm. like there's just way more storage it's not like there's like one closet at the end of the hall that you can just like shove everything in like no it takes some thought about what is the optimized place to put things Mm -hmm. so we had just moved in and everything was not optimized like the cupboards were a mess things were in places that didn't make sense but it was so much like just get it into the house but so John's mom (laughs) His parents live five blocks away from us, which mm-hmm. is, I think everyone can agree, it's it's just a little close, mm-hmm. especially for little surprise pop-ins, like, like similar to the one that your mom gave you. And like, I, there's nothing wrong with a surprise pop-in. I'm, I personally don't love them, but like that, that's fine. But one day I got home from, I think I was out working and like John's mom was in our house. And John was there, but, like, John was off helping her get something out of the basement, and she had stayed on the main floor. And I love you, Janice, and, like, this is funny now. (laughs) Um, She went into our kitchen uh, pantry and just started reorganizing things, and she wouldn't stop. And she did, like, the whole pantry. She started doing all the kitchen cupboards. And I, like, came home and all the stuff that I had... So this is while you weren't around. (laughs) While I wasn't home. Like, John went down to the basement because his mom was over, like, looking for a tool or something. So he went downstairs to get it for her. And I guess he must have been gone a while because she just started reorganizing. So I get home and all my stuff is everywhere. And I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, she pops her head around the corner and, like, I'm not expecting to see her. So I'm like, holy crap, like... (laughs) a surprise mother-in-law out of nowhere and uh, she's like oh I'm doing a little bit of reorganizing and like I just had this feeling where I was like yeah but this was my space and like I had just gotten that the way I wanted it to be and like I was like how do I say this to my mother-in-law like I can't just say it and she like had helped us get the house too so it was even more of a how do I assert myself in this situation without 
you know, like crossing mm-hmm. a line with her, but also I need her to know I'm not a big fan of this behavior. Especially because it sounds like she had good intentions. Yes, she did. And was waiting for you to be excited. And yeah. then sometimes it's so hard to figure out how to respond and mm-hmm. like assert your own boundaries while still acknowledging that like that it was a nice thought that they yes. considered doing this. Yes, for you. and like I, she knew right away I was not jazzed on it. Like we've said a million times, I can't hide anything on my face like it just shows exactly what I'm thinking and immediately she was like no like I just noticed like this would actually work better right here because it's closer to the stove and then the fridge is over here so that's right there and like I understood why she was doing it and I knew it came from a place where like it it was good intention but I also immediately I was like we live five blocks away this could be the rest of my life if I'm not careful and it kind of like triggered me a little bit too because I was like well what was wrong with the way like I set that up like why are you projecting that onto me like and keep in mind she's like five six inches taller than you yes so yes what's convenient for Mm -hmm. and like at her eye level is probably maybe not the same shelf as where you had said things exactly yeah and I like so John comes up up the stairs and he kind of sees the tail end of this exchange and he sees from the look on my face that I'm not happy and he immediately just like grabs his mom gently by the shoulders like takes what she's holding out of her hands and he's just like mom it's our house we're we're gonna pick how we decorate we're gonna pick how we organize it's okay and instantly she was like, okay, yeah, like, whatever. It was a great way to kind of, like, navigate the situation. And she left right away. And, like, since then, they've gotten, like, his parents have gotten a lot better about the random pop-ins. Mm-hmm. And the, hey, I'm parked in your driveway. Let me in for a cup of coffee, even though it's 7 a.m. That doesn't happen anymore. But I really noticed with John, like, it doesn't need to be a big, dramatic, intense conversation when you're laying out a boundary. Sometimes it can just be a, like, hey, like, this is our place. We'll figure it out. Stop it. Like, end of story. Super gentle. Totally fine. And I feel like that's something I need to learn how to do because with me, everything is always operating at a level 10. I don't do, like, level 2 or 3, which is what John did, so... But the reason why I wanted to talk about boundaries with family, especially with parents, is because we, guys, we got our first submission on our website. We're like, we're doing something right, Kelly. first email from a listener. Yeah. So I want to read you guys Christine's email. Thank you so much for reaching out, Christine. And we'll see if we can give her some advice about her little situation she's got going on. Yeah. And before we say anything. Mm Mm-hmm. You can take it or leave it as much as you want. Oh, yeah. I always say when people give me advice, either it's the best thing you've ever heard, and you're like, oh, my goodness, why didn't I think of this? Mm -hmm. Or I'm like, that sounds terrible, Mm -hmm. but now I know what I don't want to do. Yes. So that's going to get me started on what I do want to do. Yes. We, Christine, we're just starting the brainstorming session for mm-hmm. you. Because it, it the vibe of the email is, I don't even know where to start. We're going to start it for you. You can just come right in. And, like, if something we said works and resonate, it resonates with you, like, go with that. If it doesn't, like, honestly, screw us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's fine. <clears throat> All right. Oh, that made me think of Professor Umbridge. Okay, good. That's what I was... (laughs) I almost did a little, like, him, him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Message from Christine. First of all, thanks so much for the awesome podcast. Listening to you guys literally makes me feel like I'm sitting on the couch chatting with my oldest friends. I can't wait to hear more. I'm writing in because I need help setting a boundary. I've been struggling to find employment during the pandemic and just recently started a job that keeps me busy but pays the bills. 
While unemployed, I really leaned on my mom for emotional and financial support, and we grew really close. Now that I'm working nine to five hours, she often complains that I don't have as much time for her and that she misses when I was unemployed. Whenever she says this, I feel bad, but also feel really hurt. When I was unemployed, I was at the lowest I've ever been mentally and struggled with suicidal thoughts and depression. Any help enforcing this boundary and keeping the peace? Thanks, girls. Christine. What a loaded, like, problem. First of all, thanks so much for being willing to share the circumstances and give us so much detail. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not stated explicitly, but it sounds like you are doing a lot better. And it sounds like you, you know what you need. Maybe not how to get there with everything yet. Mm-hmm. So we are not trained professionals. So there are parts in that that we're, we're probably not going to touch just because we're not therapists. The most we can do is relate to mm-hmm. you and like compare our own experiences. And because I, I don't know about you, but I've had a similar situation mm-hmm. occur in my life. But in these types of situ- situations, I always remind myself that it feels good to be needed. Mm-hmm. And obviously like I've only been on one side of empty nest syndrome Um, like I'm not a parent I don't plan on being a parent (laughs) any time ever I was a teacher for a few years so you can just be a really cool aunt for my kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) one day Um, but I think I would consider thinking about which activities your mom is missing Mm -hmm. so is it like a quality time thing is it just like Mm -hmm. doing errands together is it was it the big things or the casual hangs? Because I think sometimes what can work well in these situations is being a little bit of a cheerleader for your parents yeah. and figuring out what they feel like they're missing and encouraging them to investigate hobbies. Because it sounds like your mom poured a lot of like energy and, and support into mm-hmm. that time that you had together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's hard to kind of renegotiate space between you two. Yeah without feeling ungrateful even if she's not trying to make you feel that way like Mm -hmm. she might just honestly be like I miss seeing your face around all the time like it could have been something innocent yeah or just I miss hearing from you like I Mm -hmm. know I went through something kind of similar with my own mom so like Mm -hmm. during the pandemic like I've said before I lost my job the first Mm -hmm. like week of the pandemic and plus things were just so like Pardon my French, but batshit crazy at the beginning of 2020, like March 2020. I think there was a point where where I was calling my mom twice a day just because I needed somebody to talk to. And not even Mm -hmm. in a, like, vent my feelings or, like, work through anything, like, emotionally. It was just, like, all I'm talking to right now, I'm talking to John and I'm talking to both our cats. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's all the social interaction I'm getting. And I just need to hear, like, somebody else's voice. And I, you know, when I went back to work, I definitely... My mom didn't say it in so many words, but, like, I really got the vibe that... Like, she was missing me, too. And if I think about from her perspective, like, she's retired. You know, her and my dad are hanging out at home all the time. The pandemic's been really hard. They're both, like, immunocompromised. So they, Mm -hmm. they, life is not even still returned to normal for them. Like, they aren't really going out and doing anything of much yet. And, uh, like, I think 
at first I was kind of upset when she like kind of implied to me that she was missing me because I was like I was at the worst point of my life like how dare you miss me when I was like not feeling good but then I thought about it it's like it's not so much that I wasn't feeling good it's that we both felt like crap together Mm. and like she had somebody to like you know support her as well so like as much as it hurts to have somebody say that like they miss you when you were doing not so well they also might not know just how bad you were doing Mm -hmm. like I don't think my mom knew how bad I was doing and you also might not know how bad that other person is doing Mm -hmm. like you know so it's really it's really hard to have someone miss you when you're at your worst like Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of like self-doubt that kind of goes with that especially because I think it's hard not to put pressure on yourself to feel like you have to show up at your best yes which is Mm -hmm. which can be exhausting especially when you don't have a lot of energy yeah yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's ever, like, a universally right way to lay down a boundary with a parent. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's so subjective to, like, the closeness of your relationship. If there are any existing boundaries between you that, like, just don't get crossed or talked about. And, like, I'm not going to lie, Christine, on your behalf, I definitely Googled how to lay down a boundary <laughs> with, <laughs> with a parent. Yeah. I did get some tips. But, like, I don't know. My own life, I think it's just a matter of being clear being being like compassionate but while still being assertive like having both of those to pray off of and like you can acknowledge that somebody misses being connected with you a little bit more misses having that closeness while still being firm that like yeah like please don't say that to me because that hurts my feelings I wonder if Christine has even shared with her mom that that hurts her feelings when her mom says that yeah, maybe we'll have to follow up with that. Yeah, Christine, send a follow-up email here. I'm curious, but... Yeah, I think it's also when you have those conversations, I think it also takes some of the pressure off because if if you're thinking that like you need to plan events to hang out with your mom and she's just like, I want someone in the car with me while I go yeah. get groceries, mm-hmm. um, like, can you... I don't want to use the word replace, but are there other activities that would kind of bridge that that are maybe lower stakes like yeah if you call her on your way to the grocery store Mm -hmm. like 10 to 15 minute phone calls are so underrated I feel like there's such a a strong feeling that you have to like set aside time yeah although I will say like I'm I'm super chatty so I need people to set a boundary with me of how long we're gonna talk and like my mom's Mm -hmm. the same way the number of times we called each other for a quick 10 minute chat and three hours later we were still on the phone like Mm -hmm. I totally relate to that but yeah I think like finding ways to still connect with your mom and make her feel like included in your life it that doesn't need to be like a big grand gesture you don't need to go on vacation together Mm -hmm. like you you can do the 10 minute phone call pop buy for a cup of coffee on your way home from work or something or like yeah. start like think about how much time you're spending together before and find a way to like obviously you won't be able to completely make up for it because like you're paying your bills now and stuff but mm-hmm. maybe find a way to like maybe make up one third of the time because like mm-hmm. 
I feel like people often forget too, like when we're hanging out with people we love, like we get a rush of chemicals to our brain that makes Mm -hmm. us feel good and that can be addictive. So like, it's like the same reason where if you like break up with a guy, you feel like crap immediately after it happens. I mean, if you really liked him, I guess. But like, if you really (laughs) like the person you break up with, like you feel like crap, you miss them and you almost get like a craving for them. It's because your brain is like, excuse me, like where are those chemicals you were giving me for the last few months? And... Mm -hmm. Don't make your mom quit cold turkey. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this probably isn't a solution for Christine's situation, yeah. but one strategy that has worked really well for me is um I got to go on like a, a month long trip summer 2019, which mm. was such lucky timing because <laughs> we didn't know what was coming, but I had left my teaching job at the end of the year. It was a planned exit. Mm -hmm. So I'd had lots of time to save up and plan for a trip. And I made my mom an Instagram account, which she she has one post of our dog (laughs) that I posted so that it didn't look like a spam account. Nice. And now she can go on. She can watch Instagram stories and send hard eye reactions. And that was all she wanted was just like a daily notice that... (laughs) I was alive and, like, doing fun things. Oh, man. So, especially because we, like, I I usually don't get a phone plan when I travel, Mm -hmm. and that was a hostel trip, so we were uploading Mm -hmm. from Wi-Fi when we were in the hotel, and sometimes we were uploading on Wi-Fi from a cafe and then leaving immediately and not following up with any messages, but just, Mm -hmm. like, that daily sign of life was Mm -hmm. what she needed just to kind of, like, know what was going on and and feel like... Mm -hmm. I think um, knowing what we were up to actually gave her less FOMO, fear of missing out, than feeling like she was left in the dark. And that was so simple. Mm -hmm. I've had multiple friends say that she's the best fan on Instagram because she, she knows now, but when she first started out, all she knew how to do was watch stories and send hard eye reactions, (laughs) which is the most like endearing thing sincere and beautiful thing yeah because she doesn't post and she doesn't like send text like dms on instagram she's not sliding into anybody's dms i had a friend send me a screen recording once (laughs) of just my mom sending these hard eye reactions to every story for the past couple weeks karen oh my god (laughs) obviously that's not going to work for everyone's parent but that was something where it took me like two minutes to make this account for her Mm -hmm. it's a private account people i feel like a lot of people have private accounts these days so Mm -hmm. they can decide if if they want to let her follow them or not lots of my friends followed her of their own accord which was really cute quick question does she follow the bad of boundaries instagram are you allowing her i have her phone passcode so if she's not yet i will make sure she is oh my gosh and you're are you comfy with her following like there's not you aren't worried or anything oh yeah like I shouldn't say worried, but, you know. No, I feel like the title of our first episode is, like, a little off-putting. But it's edgy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, like, a sexually explicit no. content no. when we're actually talking. Mm-hmm. So, I, I yeah. needed that hook. I needed to get him. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind that, like, I lived in a brand-new city when the pandemic hit. Like, I've lived in Vancouver for a month. Mm. So, on my daily walk, I, like, usually called my parents 
they would talk to me on speakerphone. I don't, anyone else with retired parents, the speakerphone on the kitchen island where no one's actually standing in front of the phone. Oh, yeah, everyone's 10 feet away for some reason. But then you kind of feel like you're included because the sound levels are changing. Anyways, they got, like, live vlogs of my life daily. I love it. And all I was doing was working from home. There was nothing going on. Oh my so God. I'm like, I feel like I, I owe it to make sure we share like these like slightly more curated, like thoughtful <laughs> updates. Yeah. This, I feel yeah. like this podcast is really just a live diary for the two of us. It's honestly just like I, so I do therapy on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and I feel like it's like me coming out and being like, listen what I learned this week. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would be telling you all about it anyway, because I'm a big believer in removing the paywall to therapy. So mm-hmm. how I'm doing that is I'm like absorbing and taking notes in my session. And then mm-hmm. I just kind of word vomit it onto every single person I see. Mm-hmm. So we would have been doing this on Wednesdays anyway, because we were already pretty much hanging out that day. Mm-hmm. That was our day of the week. And now it's recorded so I can serve the masses with my yeah. work, with my word vomit. But mm-hmm. To go back to Christine and kind <laughs> yes. of wrap that up, also picking a day of the week I think can sometimes be like the best way that you maintain a yeah. friendship. I did not come up with this. Mm-hmm. I have a good friend who I've known since junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned her in an earlier episode. She's the one where we... We're very close friends. We did a drift apart where we yeah. hang out all the time again. And when we reconnected, she suggested just picking a day of the week that we can stick mm-hmm. to and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, activities are all over the place. Originally, we were mm-hmm. getting together and practicing our musical instruments together. Mm-hmm. She teaches piano. We both play guitar and ukulele. Mm-hmm. She has a box drum. So we had this audacious, audacious Thank you. Um, Yeah, so our goal was to one day perform at an open mic night because that's something that feels terrifying to me. Oh, my God. But keep in mind, 2019 was the year that we were planning this out. So then open mic nights Mm. weren't a thing. I moved away for a job. It's it's not off the table forever, but Mm. uh, she is having a baby in April, so it's probably going to be paused for a while. (laughs) Well, I'm a big believer in the day of the week thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's a standing date. You know you're going to be there. It makes it so much easier to, like, schedule. And I find, look forward Mm -hmm. to, to, like, the activity. So during the pandemic when we were during the pandemic question mark or question mark quotation mark question mark too (laughs) who knows what's going on period (laughs) question mark ellipses yeah. We don't know where we're at. Just a semicolon at the end. Who yeah. knows? Um, yeah. Not an expert. No. <laughs> not qualified. No, definitely not qualified. But yeah, during the pandemic, every Sunday when I was allowed to see my parents, I would go over there and I would spend like the entire day with them on Sunday. Prior to the pandemic, like I cannot tell you how many times having a day of the week hang kept me sane. Like mm-hmm. my really good friend Mercedes for I honestly want to say seven years every Tuesday I would go over to her house which this was when she still lived at her parents house so I would go over to her parents house hang out with her entire family have dinner and then we would watch like 
crappy episodes of like whatever reality show we were into or like we watched a lot of the OC like Pretty Little Liars like just garbage TV but that would be like when I saw her that week and I think that's what kept us close for so long was it became like this event when I was in college I used to do this thing called um, sweatpants Wednesdays Mm-hmm. And what this was. I did sweatpants every day. Uh, <laughs> well, sweatpants Wednesday slash it was like Dewey's Wednesdays was all my friends with their, would wear their comfy clothes to school. Like just a, a total like rat nasty, like wear your comfies. I've, I think I've told you this before, but yeah. in the winter I used to show up to my university classes in a <laughs> footed fleece onesie. Oh my God. And because there were feet, I would wear mech booties as shoes. <laughs> Because nothing else would fit. Oh, my God. Five years after I bought this onesie, one of my friends was finally like, why didn't you just cut the feet off? Yeah, none of your business. Uh, well, now I have. And yeah, that's better. Smartest idea I've ever had. Um, but, yeah, every Wednesday, like, all my friends would wear and their boyfriends would wear just, like, your dirty clothes. And then after class, we would go and hang out in the campus bar, Dewey's, the mm-hmm. arts bar. And we would, like, play pool, just look, like, fucking gross, like, nasty, dirty people. But it was, like, such a low-pressure, high-enjoyment hang. I feel like we need to clarify <laughs> that you mean dirty as in, like, not polished. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> laundry has no, has been done. Laundry was done. It, like, it was the curated sweatpants where it's like, yeah. look, I just threw this on. And it's, like, clearly, like, not your nice clothes, but not, like, mm-hmm. stained and dirty and whatever bad choice anyways but yeah like for your mom like if you are interested in still like maintaining that level of relationship that you had because maybe the issue is it it's just like too much mom like too too much hanging and then almost like a manipulation thing to be like Mm -hmm. I miss you at that time I sincerely hope it isn't if it isn't then you know you can just supplement that time if it is though maybe that's something we need to talk about Mm mm-hmm I also think that this could be a work-life balance issue less than a mom issue because Mm -hmm. that year in Vancouver, I did not have great work-life balance, which I've admitted to, which was as much my fault as anything else. But Mm -hmm. having like a a general time of day where my parents kind of started expecting me to call Mm -hmm. meant that I had to step away from my laptop and Mm -hmm. get out of the apartment and... yeah. Yeah, feel the breeze, get some fresh air, (laughs) stop and smell the flowers. Um, But then it was also an accountability measure for me, Mm. too, because often I'd be like, I'd like get up from my desk and be like, oh, I have so much work to come back to. And then you'd go for this walk and you'd be like, do I actually have to do this today? Yeah, how necessary is this? Yeah. So I would say if work is keeping you busy, maybe evaluate the life lesson that I paired from one of my coaches is defining important versus urgent Mm -hmm. because if you treat everything as urgent then Mm -hmm. people are going to have expectations of like immediate response times and quick turnarounds and and I think the best thing she could do in this situation regardless of if it's a work-life balance thing you know an emotional manipulation thing if it's just you know regardless of what it is I think most important thing she could do is just be very clear with Mm -hmm. what you're able to give and make it clear if your mom needs to adjust her expectations Mm -hmm. like it sounds like you guys just need to like really sit down and communicate a little bit more and not to read off the list that I got from Google but I'm literally gonna read off the (laughs) list I got from Google be clear and concise with what you're able to offer and what you expect to receive back 
Be assertive for your own needs, but compassionate for the needs of your mom. Appreciate all she's done for you. Acknowledge the ways that you have been committing to the relationship as well. So mark yourself as an equal participant in the relationship. Repeat this. All of the above. If, mm-hmm. if you need, be repetitive. Set your limits. Stay within it. And I think most importantly that we could consider closing on, I think we should actually wrap this up, um, release that sense of guilt that you feel setting a boundary with your parents. I know we all feel that guilt mm-hmm. whenever we have to say say no or say I can't, I'm too busy, whatever the excuse is. Because at the end of the day, like the point of growing up is to become a person with your own agency, make your own decisions and kind of really make something out of yourself. You're only able to give what you can give. If you're mm-hmm. holding out on your mom, that's that's a whole other story that you can address. But, you know, you can only give what you can give. And if that's not good enough, that's a, that's a them problem. You can only mm-hmm. give what you have. And, you know, you can't feel guilty for saying no or for protecting yourself or, you know, maybe not going over to help mom pick out a dress for her job interview because you're so tired from work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you have to be an equal participant and part of that is being equally selfish with your time and your own needs, yeah. you know? And it sounds like if, if all your mom wants is just more time with you in general, mm-hmm. then picking, like, one day a week, like, maybe it's Mama Mondays. Oh, I love that. I've, I've been thinking of that all episode. <laughs> but maybe you have, like, Mama Mondays. And then giving another person something to look forward to mm-hmm. means they'll probably be asking you less questions or mm-hmm. giving you, like, less last-minute invitations for hangouts. Because... Yeah. Like, my my friend that I hang out with, like, on a weekly cadence, mm-hmm. like, we're planning things, like, sometimes morning of, sometimes yeah. hours before we're hanging out, but we know 6.45 on Thursdays, we're mm-hmm. doing something. Yeah, and it also gives your mom something to look forward to mm-hmm. as well. It gives both of you something to look forward to because it's just like, oh, like... I can't wait to see, you know, my mom on Monday. I'm not going to, like, call her and tell her what I did on Friday. Or maybe she'll even feel the same where she's like, oh, I'm seeing Christine on Monday. So, like, I don't need to give her an update on what I did this weekend on Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like if you guys have a clear communication of when when you're going to connect, when is your special time, and also be really locked in during Mm -hmm. that special time like you aren't replying to texts from other people like you're not working on that time like you're just there to kind of hang out with your mom yeah you know I feel like that might be the best way to approach it I hope that helped Christine good luck drawing the line with your mom it's hard you can do it I believe in you we believe in you and if you want to email us again and give us updates we'd love to hear how you're doing how it's going Kelly we've made it we're getting listener mail now yeah we were so excited for that email. So, good luck, Christine. Mm-hmm. We're going to draw the line. Draw the line. Really quick, what do you want to plug right now? Do you have anything you want to tell people about that you're doing? I think just the usual. Usual? Follow us on the socials. Yep. Send in your submissions by email so <laughs> we can talk through give you that brainstorming yeah and i am gonna slightly adjust the form just so i think right now it says like first name last name email i honestly might just like ask the last name because i noticed (laughs) christine didn't fill it in and i was like oh that's fair christine (laughs) yeah you also don't have to give us a real name yeah fake names are fun make them funny 
Like, you can be anonymous. You can give us whatever mm-hmm. name. Yeah, submit there. Um, we've re- merged now. Um, it's still just our standard Bad at Boundaries, but I'm hoping next week we will have two new designs Ooh. hitting the store. Yes, I've been working pretty hard, and I think by Friday I'll have everything done. So I'm not going to say what they are. That's for next week I'll plug. Uh, yeah, you can follow me, Lisa, on TikTok at littlestbeer. Kelly, you're on Instagram and TikTok at kelly.mcgillis. Yeah. I even I even made my Instagram public again because we'll talk about this in another episode, actually. <laughs> public and private accounts. But, yeah, everything yeah. is just kelly.mcgillis. And, of course, all of our socials for the podcast are at Bad at Boundaries. Yeah. All right. Let's draw the line. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening.